Good evening, and welcome back to CEC here at Edmonton Impact Gospel Ministries, where each week we try to bring you meaningful questions and discussions to help you increase your faith and work on your walk with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing with your friends and family. We appreciate it. We appreciate you going to our page, liking it, sharing it, commenting, all of that helps to get the word out and we appreciate that so much from you. This evening, it's a, a bonus episode. We're going to do a teaser lesson from one of our later units called Just Like the Father from our Identity Course. And with that, this evening, I'll hand it over to Pastor Riley. Hello, good evening, scholars of the Word of God. Welcome back. So, so happy that you could join us this evening. We are looking forward to a, a very good evening of learning and hearty discussions. Uh, like Gavin said, our topic, just like the Father this evening, we are using resources from a few notes from Max Lucado. Uh, we are using the Message Bible version uh, this evening, and maybe we quote something from the NIV. Uh, our scripture is from 1 John chapter 3, and we'll do all the chapter from verse 1 to 24. Let's pray. Oh dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you and bless your holy name. You are God Almighty. You are always in full control. God, we know of your love for us and we thank you, oh God. We thank you so much for your words that you have left here. And so Father in heaven, we pray as we dig into it, as we seek to know more of you, that your anointing will be on each one, that your spirit will open our minds and our hearts, oh God, that we may understand, that we may receive, and Father, we may be able to apply it. Heavenly Father, may all the praise and the honor go to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So please turn your scriptures to 1 John chapter 3, 1 to 24. And as I said, we are reading from the Message Bible. I'm going to read a part and and Gavin will read a part. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We are called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God, and that's only the beginning. We know, who knows how we'll end up. What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him and in seeing him become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. All who indulge in a sinful life are dangerously lawless, for sin is a major disruption of God's order. Surely you know that Christ showed up in order to get rid of sin. There is no sin in him, and sin is not part of his program. 
No one who lives deeply in Christ makes a practice of sin. None of those who do practice sin have taken a good look at Christ. They have got him all backwards. So my dear children, don't let anyone divert you from the truth. It's a person who acts right, who is right, just as we see it lived out in our righteous Messiah. Those who make a practice of sin are straight from the devil, the pioneer in the practice of sin. The Son of God entered the scene to abolish the devil's ways. People conceived and brought into life by God don't make a practice of sin. How could they? God's seed is deep within them, making them who they are. It's not the, the nature of the God begotten to practice and parade sin. Here's how you tell the difference between God's children and the devil's children. The one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God, nor is the one who won't love brother or sister a simple test. For this is the original message we heard. We should love each other. We must not be like Cain, who joined the evil one and then killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because he was deep in the practice of evil, while the acts of his brother were righteous. So don't be surprised, friends, when the world hates you. This has been going on a long time. The way we know we've been transformed from death to life is that we love our brothers and sisters. Anyone who doesn't love is as good as dead. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know very well that eternal life and murder don't go together. This is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears, and you made it disappear. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're truly living truly, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. And friends, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, we're bold and free before God. We're able to stretch our hands out and receive what we asked for because we're doing what he said, doing what pleases him. Again, this is God's command, to believe in his personally named son, Jesus Christ. He told us to love each other in line with the original command. As we keep his commands, we live deeply and surely in him, and he lives in us. And this is how we experience his deep and abiding presence in us, by the spirit he gave us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. John reminds us that when believers exhibit the character of God in their behavior, following Jesus, his example, to the point of even laying down our lives for one another, the world will recognize us as we go. This is a, an excerpt from... Uh, Max, Lucado's, uh, Max Lucado's book. 
Someone once observed that Christians do not make it their goal not to sin. <laughs> they make it such a mindset completely misses the truth about holiness. Who would knowingly drink a glass of water containing just a few drops of toxic chemicals? Nobody. You would as soon guzzle a full bottle of deadly poison, so why do we tolerate even a little? So that sets us up for some discussions. We use some interesting expressions to refer to the ways children resemble their parents. You know, phrases like the apple didn't fall from the tree. She's a spitting image of her mom or like father, like son. Now here's a question to all of us. In what ways are you like your mom and dad? Or are you like your mom and dad? <laughs> I would often say I'm quite different from my mom and dad. Yeah. In my opinion. You see, for, for, for me, as, a, as I grow older with my dad, I started to know, notice similarities. But growing up, you're, you often hear people around you talk about, they take a look at you and they go, oh, that person is, uh, that boy is just like his dad. That girl is just like her mom. They see some uh, resemblance that makes it, you know, they see a connection between, between the two. Now, I have a question for you that uh, even Gavin is not ready for, but I like to stir your minds. When I was younger, before I got married, I often wondered, you know, what my wife would look like and what my children would look like. You know, would they look half like me and half like my wife? Or would they look completely different? It goes along the same line of just like mom, just like dad. So what do you think out there? Have you ever wondered what your children will look like? Or if you already have a child, do you believe your child looks like you? I mean, I had someone I had just met tell me, wow, you look exactly like the perfect mix of your mom and dad. What does that mean? Do you even know my parents? I don't know. Sometimes people just say things. Mm -hmm. True. But isn't it, it, it is a, a, a funny, maybe intriguing thing to often see a child grow up and even at times start to behave exactly like, like the parent. You see similarities in the way. In other words, they start to identify with who they belong to, who their parents are. Now, when we look at, at, at how John is talking about our comparison with the Father and, uh, and uh, the topic that we have, just like the Father, it ties in a little bit to help us to flesh some of this out. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us According to the scripture, just look at it. We are called children of God. 
that's who we really are but that's only why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he is up to now a question for you have you ever had someone pronounce a negative statement over your life as to who you will turn out to be it happens often uh, it could be parents it could be coaches it could be teachers you know sometimes we have to ask children and youth what are they being told in school because there are teachers who go around and say you'll never be anything you know you're too dumb to turn out to be uh, anything of value same way there are parents talking to their children's why are you so worthless can't you get it right mm -hmm. and we have to be careful not to also participate in speaking death over people's lives mm -hmm. and and many times uh, the child keeps hearing how bad they are oh you know uh, they have no sense or no value no worth after a while that starts to sink in and you start to behave exactly as they are describing you and guess what those people would turn out and say see i was right but they had a huge influence into whom you are turning out turning out to be in contrast to that do they really know you they have no idea who you're going to be. Only God knows. And so they would form an assumption. Why not go for the positive? Why not say he's going to be the prime minister of the country? Why not say he's going to be a, you know, a, very, a very famous engineer or, or something like that? Why not go for the positive? Yeah, especially because we really underestimate the power of our words and our tongue. We can actually help to speak into existence a positive outcome That's right. as much as a negative outcome. That's right. And so, so if ever you have heard that in your life, don't let those statements dictate who you become. Don't, don't give in to those. Rather, use it as motivation to prove them wrong. Because God already has your life designed according to his plan and uh, I think we can agree God is pretty smart he has a good plans for his children Amen. the scripture further says but friends that's exactly who we are children of God and that's only the beginning who knows how well or we'll end up what we know is that when Christ is openly revealed we'll see him and in seeing him become like him they know nothing about you how you will turn out so why do you think they are so quick to make such negative statements my interjection or my view on that is almost like wishful thinking they are not wishing you any good and so they tell you how horrible you are you know what how worthless you're gonna become and so if you allow that to to affect you if you allow that to soak in your mind and you start to believe it your your actions start to 
uh, come in line with what they are pronouncing on you. But the only person who knows you is God. Now when we bring it in a spiritual sense, when we become born again and children of God, guess what? We still have those people around us who tell you are not going to come out to anything. They still pronounce you as, you know, God don't even want you. Don't you even try. You don't deserve this. But they don't deserve it either. The good thing about it is that the grace of God has covered all of us and is available for every single one of us. So folks, shake off those negative statements. It's time you step out of the shell that others have built for you. Break that shell wide open. You know, God is waiting to take you to higher heights and to defy all those things that those smart people thought they knew about you. And the other part of it is, you know, just like it's the parents who know the children best, we should come to the conclusion that our Father knows us best and Amen. put more weight on what He says about us mm -hmm. than what others say about us. Amen. Amen. And walk in what God has called you to be. We take a look at uh, verses 5 to 7. Surely you know that Christ showed up in order to get rid of sin. Uh, this is uh, the age where... You know, we went from everything is sin, 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 to a state where nobody wants to hear about sin. But you know what? Sin is not going anywhere. If you cover it, if you don't talk about it, if you don't lay it at the foot of the cross, if you're not forgiven for it. There's no sin in him, and sin is not part of his program. No one who lives deeply in Christ makes a practice of sin. None of those who do practice sin have taken a good look at Christ. They have got him all backwards. So my dear children, don't let anyone divert you from the truth. It's a person who acts right, who is right, just as we see it lived out in our righteous Messiah. Amen. So we know how important it is for Christians to avoid sin. So a question. The reality is that Christians sin daily. Now, you let me know if you agree with that or disagree with that. Now, whether this is true or not, and we, we're going to look at that a little bit, how do we reconcile this with the statement that God's children cannot go on sinning? Whew, okay. I would like to challenge that statement. Because I feel like it wants to lead us in a particular direction. Mm -hmm. They said the reality is that Christians sin daily. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something else they're getting at, but it sounds like they're trying to lead us to believe that every day, all the time, Christians are still sinning. Mm -hmm. Which would be an oxymoron. Right. It's not, it's not a consistent statement. To make it more clear, they should say Christians can sin often or they may sin mm -hmm. several times but to imply that it's a very regular thing would imply that it's a habit 
or they're practicing it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things people wish we could do accidentally every day. Right. But usually things you're doing every single day are things you have to really determine to do. Mm-hmm. And so to sit, that statement that Christians sin daily, I think is misleading. Because if you are in Christ and he's forgiven you of your sins, that propensity, that drive to sin should be gone. It's not that you will never fall, but you're not making a practice of it. It's not your habit anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it shouldn't be something that happens every day. I mean, that that's how I would start looking at this question. Just like, no, it's not every day. It can happen. It can be often, but it's not a habit for Christians. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, a man, if his duty every day, he gets up. If he's a builder, he goes out and he builds a house. He's building something. Mm -hmm. The scripture does tell us that he calls us from sin. Now, if we look at it that, you know, every Christian sin sin daily, we might see it as, so what is the difference between uh, those who call themselves Christians and those who don't? Both are sinning daily. But there's one where uh, you go out to do this action, Right? This is your deliberate move each day. While the other, it is your endeavor to live from sin. Don't forget, uh, many times when Jesus has healed and touched someone in his time on earth, he would say, go thy way and sin no more. Sin is a transgression of the law. Sin is lawlessness, the scripture said. In other words, sin is something that we do that is against God. But the Bible does make provision. It said if we are born of him, we don't go out, go practice sin. Mm -hmm. But if ye sin, because we do have a tempter, right? If you happen to fall in sin, you see if you're deliberate, how can you fall into it? (laughs) It means you go out and do it. There's a difference. But if you're falling into it, there's an advocate with the Father. You know, you realize, oh man, God, there's something on me that would separate me from from you, will break that relationship, will destroy the salvation that you have in me. So God, I ask of you, forgive me, cleanse me from my sins. And the scripture said he's faithful and he's just to do it. So the difference is that as a child, uh, let's simplify it. You put on a nice dress on your child, right? That child goes out. Don't If that child goes out and deliberately go in the mud and roll around there, you will tear a strip of that child up and down the other side, won't you? <laughs> but you, you expect that child to go out and not go get dirty. But that child might fall in the dirt and get dirty. Big difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Big difference. And when that child comes, you're, you're going to comfort that child. You know, never mind. That child might even be crying. That's how sorry that child is. That's the same way we as Christians approach sin. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know you hit a good question when your comments start going. You know, I think a lot of other people are, it's turning their minds. We have some people saying, yeah, we, 
we die daily so we don't have to sin. And there's others saying, you know what, we're still sinning every day, Christian or not. It's a very important uh, mindset to have understanding how this part affects our lives. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also an identity question. You know, we really sell ourselves in churches that we're, we are just sinners saved by grace. Mm -hmm. I understand the sentiment behind that. You know, we're not better than anybody else. It's not because I'm special that God chose to save us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we're all on equal playing field. But I think it's destructive. It's almost, it's closer to speaking death over a life and speaking life if we keep saying we're just sinners Mm -hmm. it's better to say we are children of god Mm -hmm. i am a child of god that has been redeemed that has been saved by grace because if we identify ourselves as sinners Mm -hmm. then what do sinners do they go and sin we make that association Mm -hmm. we make it part of identity but if you say i am a child of god I am a son, I am a resident of heaven, Mm -hmm. then you also subconsciously say then that sinning is not who I am. It's a mistake I make. So sometimes it's how we identify ourselves as well that makes us feel one way or the other about what we're doing. True, true. Because if you devalue what God has done, and don't forget, the one who called you from sin and able to forgive you that despite the mountain of sin you had, you confess to him and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And the scripture is saying, he forgives you and wash them all away. So then the same God was able to do that when you do slip. Mm-hmm. Because if you love God, he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So you're looking to follow him. But because of the flesh at times, we do err. The same God is able, the same God promised, if you come with a repentant heart, he will cleanse you. Mm-hmm. Amen. I point you to something that the scripture said in verse 7. So my dear children, don't let anyone divert you from the truth. It's the person who acts right who is right. So your action needs to be right. Just as we see it lived out in our righteous Messiah. Amen? Amen. So now we finally get to the second part of the question. So how do we reconcile it that God's children cannot go on sinning? So we've just said Mm -hmm. we can fall, we probably will fall. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. But then what about the case where someone continues sinning? And let's say whether it's intentional or not. Then that would suggest that there is a break in the line between you and God. It says sin will no longer have dominion over us. We are no longer slave to it. So we can't get up and say... I can't help it because I am who I am. No, you have been born again. You have been changed. You have been turned into a new creature. Now sin has no dominion over you. So when you have purpose in your heart and you say, Lord, help me. Lord, cleanse me. 
crucified us this desire don't forget the bible does say you know when you are tempted you're really lured away by the by your lust and the desires of your heart so maybe uh, there's a problem happening where your desires are mm -hmm. which keeps dragging you into that so when god has cleansed you we call that sanctified when he sanctifies you you no longer have that desire to go do wrong you have a desire to do what is right mm -hmm. and so if that has been broken it's just like you have something broken and you go and get glue you put it back <laughs> together our glue you get on your knees oh praise the lord you get on your knees and you talk to your heavenly father you ask him you repent before him and he promised that he would cleanse you so there's a very important idea i think you're bringing out we one of the important ways to understand where we stand in this situation of sin is whether or not we're experiencing freedom from sin amen so and it's not necessarily freedom from all sin but freedom from a sinning lifestyle in general mm -hmm. if we know that we are working towards perfection in christ if we're experiencing a general or an increasing measure of freedom from sin mm -hmm. and if we happen to be experiencing less and less freedom mm -hmm. or maybe not from sin overall then perhaps you know there's more work for us to do we need to you know to take some other avenues and, and other other measures mm -hmm. and, and if we know if, if, if the habit is to continue doing that wrong thing going down the wrong path then maybe you need to do some inventory mm -hmm. you know do a take of your life what is causing me to to repeat the same wrong things maybe it's not so much in the action but whatever you have in your life that keeps causing you to go down that road so you start to get rid of some of the stuff right don't forget the rich man he was obeying everything but mm -hmm. his riches was hard to get rid of yep. some of those things might be a little bit uh, too dear to you but if it's going to cause you to lose out on your relationship with him or cause you to walk in sin don't forget god does not like sin right it is a reproach to him and he wants us holy and righteous it is it is definitely speaks to who we are because he says in the scriptures who the son sets free is free indeed amen so part of who we are is set free in christ mm -hmm. if we can wrap around our minds that you know we have been set free sometimes we're free and believe otherwise true true and make ourselves do other than our identity mm -hmm. but if you've come to christ you know he has set you free and then continuing to believe that that is the case can also go a long way to living in your identity amen amen being justified by faith we have peace peace with god assuming you have put your faith in christ what are some ways small or large you have begun to resemble your father in heaven or do you think you're starting to look like the father in heaven <laughs> I think 
if you put that question on hold, the root of that question mm -hmm. we'll discover in the next one. <laughs> okay, let's just think, let's take Gavin's cue. Here, hear me out for a moment. We are asking. What are the ways you have begun to resemble your father in heaven? And I bet you some people went, hmm, hmm, um, okay, put it on hold. Mm -hmm. And let's dig into the next question. It says, if Christ came back today, now don't assume what I'm going to say. A lot of people are assuming, oh, would you go to heaven? It's not what I'm asking. If Christ came back today, would you be more excited or more ashamed? Ooh, would you be more excited or more ashamed if Christ came back today? I think our response to that question, mm -hmm. how we, that would speak to our, how we feel about our identity and that would help us answer the other question. For me, if Christ came back today, I would be more excited. Because I'm thinking, oh Lord, my work is done. You know, now I'm going to go home to be at peace. Mm -hmm. with the Lord. Now, if I'm a little bit uh, tentative as, as whether things are okay with me, you know that the one thing I know I shouldn't have done it, but I've gone and done it. Now I'm not so sure, but I thought I had time to go <laughs> make it right. Yes. But then, out of the blue, Christ shows up. Of course, you know, conviction will make me feel ashamed. It's easy to feel ashamed. That's right. So now, uh, and, and this has nothing to do with whether I'm going or I'm not going. It's a matter of, oh man, he showed up and I'm thinking, Lord, if you had only come tomorrow, I, I could have made this right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when you show up, I would be, yes, Lord, thanks for coming. So you see, don't leave those little things that we need to get right. Don't leave them hanging. Mm -hmm. out there how do you feel out there like I said you've hit an, a button comments are going crazy <laughs> I'll just I'll read out some of these comments because these are they're good thoughts out there we have someone saying as Christians we go to sleep with our aim to not sit mm -hmm. but maybe when you wake up it's a different story or maybe you're going about your day and you think, I am a child of God, but in the heat of the moment, something else happens. Mm -hmm. We have others saying, you know what? The sin will have no dominion over you because you're not under the law. You're under grace. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Others are saying, as Christians, we're committed to pleasing Christ mm -hmm. over anything else. Also true. Mm -hmm. Then you have someone else saying, but the book says sometimes we sin when we think not. Also true. We have a lot of good discussion going on over there. Amen. And I think it, it really, sometimes we brush this issue over, mm -hmm. but it has a lot to do with how we feel and live our everyday life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like what you said about if something was slightly off, him coming back would make you feel ashamed. It'd be easy to be ashamed. Mm -hmm. But uh, what would be the conditions that would make us excited? When I was very, very young. At that stage of life, you feel more nervous when your parents walk into the room than anything else. What have I done wrong? Is, what did I forget to do? What did I not do? And, and are they going to punish me for it? But as you progress past that point, mm -hmm. 
you stop thinking about what you've done wrong, mm -hmm. and you're just happy that your father or your mother has come close to you because you have that relationship with them. True, true. So all of a sudden, you are less ashamed and more excited to see your parents because you know you've been past the discipline stage and you now understand what you mean to them, who you are as their family and the relationship you guys are building together. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we never progress from the discipline stage in Christ to the sonship mm -hmm. in Christ because he's calling us to be part of his family, not to be his slaves. Mm -hmm. But that also is probably a controversial uh, statement for our comments. But I think depending on where we are and how we see ourselves in God's eyes, that will determine whether we're excited or ashamed. In recent years, I've learned to be, I think I would be more excited if Jesus came back mm -hmm. because I'm learning to believe that I am a child of, of God mm -hmm. and that he has, does see me as his beloved son. He calls us friends, mm -hmm. not slaves. He's coming back for a bride, not for a, an employee. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think in helping me to see myself as that has been better for me. That's right. But when, when our relationship begins with Christ, mm -hmm. we come with sins. Yes. And he cleanses us from them. Right. So then, if we, if we continue to wallow in sin, having the same problem as before we met Christ, then there's no transformation. That's a key word, transformation. Transformation must take place. It's like, it's like taking a person who was an habitual liar. Mm -hmm. And a person, said, a person said to them, you know, man, you should really stop lying. And I said, you know, I'm really, no, as of today, I'm not going to lie anymore. So he's, he's purposing in his heart determining not to not to tell lies so exactly. and 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 uh if it's a habit he might found found himself or find himself at times begin a lie mm -hmm. but then he caught himself and he come back and say you know that's not true <laughs> and he will correct it that's the same way we as children of god are to choose sin because sin is of the devil mm -hmm. so if the devil is lowering us in sin then we are losing the battle there. Yeah. But the Bible says, the one that is in us is greater than the one that is in the world. Mm -hmm. Right? And we are not, no longer the children of the devil, but we are the children of God. So when we look to God, even if the devil has set a trap and we, we step in it, mm -hmm. as, as, as Christians, as soon as we have stepped out of line, we realize it. There is such thing that called uh, conviction, a pricking of your conscience. And I oops. <laughs> oh my God, no, 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 no. God, that's wrong. Mm. I shouldn't have done that. Please forgive me. Watch me, Lord. And it clean. And because he also calls us to be watchful because we don't know when he's coming. That's a way of watching. You bring up a very good point. He who is in us is much greater than he is in the world. Amen. Side question. Okay. Do you think... It's possible for us to have so much of God in us that the devil in the world doesn't affect us? Amen! <laughs> Be not drunk 
you know, in things of the world, but be filled with the Spirit of God. So every corner that he turns, every corner the tempter comes, you can say, get me behind me, Satan. I see you, Satan. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Amen. Sin, sin is not our master. I like that. I think, I think that's a part of the story we don't inject into these conversations enough. Sometimes it's not, I need to try harder to live from sin as right. much as I need more God in me so that the effects of the enemy don't affect me as much. Amen. Amen. So we don't, we don't focus on counting one, two, three. <laughs> but when we dive into what God has called us to be so he can change us, we, we find out that those things of the enemy don't attract us, don't bother us. If my desire is not to, say, for example, you know, go out and down someplace and have a good time, you know, I can drive by there and not even notice that there's a sign there. But if I keep thinking I want to go, every time I pass there, there's a talk at my heart. But mm -hmm. when God has brought me into that new life, I don't even see it there anymore because there's no appeal to me. It's part of transformation. 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 You know, people say we are human beings, not human doings. Mm -hmm. So the biggest changes in our lives are going to be changing who we are as opposed to what we do. Amen. Who you are first and then what you do. Amen. That's very good. And we start to look like the Father. Okay, so now that we've had all that... Back to this question you asked. What are the ways you have begun to resemble your father? Amen. Amen. So let's take, let's say best, best case scenario. Like you said, if we are filled with the spirit, filled up with more God on the inside, then the enemy on the outside is not going to have the effect on us. Mm -hmm. Then, in that situation, how would we begin to resemble our father in heaven? Very good question. I mean, we start to... Forgive. Amen. Our Father, forgive her. Lord, you do me this yesterday, I forgive you yesterday, but today, mm -mm, not so. The Heavenly Father forgave us, so we become a, a forgiving person. Mm -hmm. The Heavenly Father loves. Yes, yeah. Loves without condition. We learn to love. And He had called us. Uh, as a matter of fact, His scripture says, you know, this is how we know that we have come from death to life when we love exactly each other, right? So we, we start to be gentle. We, we don't quick to criticize, slander people with your mouth, killing people with your words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we start to want good for each other. So what do you think out there? This is... These are just some of them. <laughs> no, I think you're very right. I think um, if, you, if you're having regular communion uh, with the Father, you know, that's, that's a trait. He had regular communion with his son. So if we're, we're doing that with him, we're also like uh, God and Jesus, if we're doing that. Mm. If we are... Um, if we are... <laughs> If we are hearing what he's saying and doing what he's saying we should do, mm -hmm. then we are also being like him. Amen. We are being extensions of his hands and feet. You know, and if the relationship, I agree with that, if the relationship is to be sound, you know, it can't be like 
how we treat our earthly relationships sometimes. We don't talk to each other for <coughs> years or yes. you know, let's say a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus always talking with his father. Yeah. Therefore, we as his brother, you know, we also talk to our father. So I hope all of you out there will be excited. <laughs> Jesus comes back right now. Question, what does it mean that you have been born of God? This is in verse 9. Hmm. Born of God. When someone gives birth, so when like a mother gives birth to a child, or when an animal gives birth to a baby, the thing that is birthed has a lot of the nature of the, the one that birthed them. Mm-hmm. The child has a lot of the nature of the mother and father. and The, the fawns or the calves will have natures of the animals that birthed them so to be born of god it's like we are we are brought into this world by the spirit of god when we talk about being born again and we have the natures of of god in us because we have been birthed by him amen this this we we it's kind of revolve around verse nine for those of you out there and i'll read it people conceived and brought into life by God don't make a practice of sin. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the, the, the act of going to do uh, those things deliberately. We don't make a practice of sin. How could they? God's seed is deep within them, making them who they are. Don't miss this. It is God in you that is going to make you who you are. Make me who I am. Right? Don't, miss, don't miss the point. We, we cannot save ourselves, not by the actions that we do, but it is the God that dwells in us mm-hmm. that brings about the change. Yep. And because he's in us, our behavior is different from those who don't have him. 100%. Yeah. Amen. In, Amen. in 1 John 5 and verse 1, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begot loveth him also, that is begotten of him. Amen. First John 5, yeah. Amen. Very good. Amen. Very good. Amen. You know, so I, I hope there's no confusion about being born of God. Amen. All right. One last. One more, yeah? Yes. What specific actions will you take today? <clears throat> oh, my Lord. Why would we go to that? Action? Specific? What specific action will you take today so that by the Spirit's grace and help, you're more closely resembling your Heavenly Father? I think you really set up the students for success this lesson because you already mentioned some wonderful things they could do. We talked about forgiving. Mm -hmm. We talked about love especially the unconditional kind Mm -hmm. we talked about um spending time with god Mm -hmm. communing with him we talked about hearing the voice of the father doing the things he's saying we should do that type of obedience there's a lot of options that we can look at and say okay which of these have i maybe not been doing as much of or i would like to do more which one of these should i work on and you can pick one of those things and work on them this week 
And that will help you put on more of your Father's heavenly nature. Mm. It's like putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Oh man. It's very good to talk about the what's and the when's and the why's because, I mean, later we'll get into things like James where it says faith without works is dead. That's right. And if your faith doesn't move you to do anything, what good is it? And so we hope and pray that some of these words today have moved you and I've encouraged you mm -hmm. to maybe want to do something more, something different. And then that's how you know your faith is active in you. Amen. 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 So that when the world looks at you, those who at least have heard about the Heavenly Father should be able to say they look exactly like the Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that the disciples, you know, they did not name themselves Christians, but because of how much they resembled Jesus Christ, they were labeled as these men must be Christian. Yes. In other words, just like Jesus Christ. Oh, man. This is a good time. Very good. A good time to pray. Mm -hmm. So bow with me. Father, you loved us so much that you sought us, forgave us, and adopted us into your family. We really are your children. Thank you for your grace. Today, we ask that you would continue to shape us into the likeness of Christ and complete the good work you have begun in us. Mm -hmm. These are the mercies we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And of course, I'm going to leave you with a, you know, just a bone for you to chew on. What does it really mean for you to love your brothers and sisters in Christ? And this one I find is so interesting. You know, send us a line of what you really think about this, what your answers are. You know, you know what our contacts are. I would love to really hear from you. In the meantime, I thank you for your time. Thank you for your uh, contribution and your presence. May the Lord richly bless you. Look like the Father. Excellent. I think that was a very good lesson. Even though we said it was just a teaser for one of our other courses, I think it's a, it's a good premonition of what the rest of that course would be like when we get to it. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us and spending the evening. Thank you for your comments and your input in the conversations. It's better having you here. We pray that you go in God's mercy and grace, share this with your friends and family, and that your mind has been stirred and your faith has been encouraged. Thank you again. We hope you join us next week for another episode of CEC from Edmonton Impact. Thank you. Have a great night.